Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I am your host for Yoga Birth Babies, and believe it or not, we are almost at our 100th episode. I cannot believe it. So what started a few years ago as this idea of, hey, Deb, you should do a podcast, which I didn't even know what podcasts were at the time, has now blossomed into 100 episodes. So thank you, community, for listening and supporting the podcast. And just a reminder, if you haven't already, please go to iTunes or Stitcher and write a review. And that is the way that more people learn about us and get this really rich, wonderful, supportive information about pregnancy and birth and parenthood. So today, speaking of community and birth and parenthood, we have Christina Pashadli, and she is one of our community members. She's a faithful member of PYC who comes with her son several times a week. She does our our baby and me, our postnatal. It is her home away from home. And Christina's here to talk a little bit about her pregnancy and her community building and what helped her during pregnancy and the transition to motherhood and some ups and downs and how sometimes birth isn't what you envisioned it, but through Christina's incredible optimism, it turned out, turned out great. So let me welcome Christina. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing well this morning. So I am super excited to talk to you. You always have the brightest, sunniest disposition. So I, I'm so excited to hear about your pregnancy, your birth. I get to see your son every week, which I love. But I also want to hear just kind of everything about you. So Absolutely. Because <laughs> I know you're a pretty open book. And I even just from our chatting between, you know, before class, you you fascinate me. So um <laughs> <laughs> That's so, hilarious. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell our community a little bit about yourself and what brought yeah. you to New York? Yeah. So I, um, I was born and raised in Rochester, New York, which some people say upstate. We say Western New York because there is, there is a difference. Um, <laughs> but um, we moved to New York in 2012, the beginning of 2012. Um, I started grad school and my husband started um, his first job here. And, uh, at first I was like, you know, I'll just stay for grad school. And then, um, you know, we say New York has a lot of gravity. We just sort of stuck here and, um, and we've been here ever since I, uh, I, a science teacher. And, uh, right now I'm taking time off to stay home with my son, but, uh, I started grad school at Columbia and, uh, you know, fast forward six years and we're here and loving it. And I'm so happy to be a, a mom here on the Upper West Side. And <laughs> so it's, it's wonderful. Now, one thing that I found out about you from reading some of your stuff you sent me is that you met your husband in the eighth grade. Yes, yes, I did. Um, we met on, we didn't, we, we've never gone to school together. And my mom is a teacher in the district that he grew up in. And we met, actually, my mom's preparing their, on the eighth grade language trip. My mom's a German teacher. And uh, so we, I just happened to go with them. They didn't have a whole lot of students going. And so that's how, that's how I met him, which is so bizarre and funny. And I say it's like 
surreal. We don't even think about having been together that long, but uh, he's he's pretty great. So <laughs> I have to ask because you know I, I usually just kind of jump into these things. So did you ever date anyone else in your life but him? We didn't. No, we went to college separately, and we had lots of friends, and uh, we just really like each other, and <laughs> so we stayed together. And it's you know the rest is history. That's amazing. I think of just like my college years and even my junior high and high school. And there's many <laughs> people I did that. It's a very good thing. I didn't end up with them. Totally. Totally. I mean, we're, it's such a bizarre story, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're happy. We're happy people. I know you are. You truly are. So one of the reasons that I wanted to chat with you, besides the fact that, um, you're always happy and that that makes me happy is <laughs> I'm really trying to expand on the podcast about community and birth and supporting one another. And I feel like a lot of times people are really happy to tell you their horror stories and how totally. awful something is. And I'm excited that you had a positive experience. Of course, you know, I'm sure there were some ups and downs, you know, nothing's a hundred percent. Oh, so, totally. So let's actually try to sprinkle some, some good vibes about pregnancy. Cause again, everyone, as soon as people are pregnant, they want to tell you like, Oh, I ached this or I was this oh, way. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I was, I was a magnet for everyone's stories stories. So let me, hear a little as bit. was I, and I, I am the type of person who always wants to know more. So I'm like, don't tell me, tell me, I really want to know your story. And, and people do love to be dramatic and tell you their horror story. And the reality is I had a great pregnancy and I loved it. And of course there were days I was like, um, I think I need a little help getting out of bed now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I was exhausted and, and sick in the first trimester, but, um, for the most part, I was just a happy camper. I stayed really active, um, and I'm fortunate to have been able to do that. And th I think that really made a difference. Um, there were mornings that I was like, I can't get out of bed. But I, I continued my yoga practice, um, going to yoga every morning before work. Wow. And um, my teachers were fantastic. And every morning, they just cheered me on. And to have a support system that is like your, your cheerleading squad is, I think, the most important thing. Um, and, and then, then my colleagues at work were really amazing. Uh, I worked in a really great school and my colleagues are some of my really, really good friends. And, uh, they were always like, wow, I can't believe how happy you are. And I, you know, I say there are, of course, are times that you don't feel good or you, you feel huge or somebody says something to you and you feel awful. But the reality is you have to just give, give your energy to the, to the positive and, um, it takes way too much out of you to focus on the negative and, and it's, it's hard to get away from that sometimes, but if you can just pick yourself up and, you know, get to yoga, get on your mat, go for a walk, be, have lunch with a friend. I think that that makes all the difference. I like what you said about choosing where to put your energy. And I think many people definitely, when you said that, that resonated with me because I know I can get caught up in the negative and really fester with it. Oh, and totally. And like review in my mind what I should have done or how it could have been different. And you're right. It's a, it is a choice that I'm taking to do that, that many of us do. And, and why am I putting my energy in something that can't usually be changed or resolved? So why not put it somewhere more positive? Exactly. And we, you know, as humans and as, and especially as women, we have this tendency to ruminate. I mean, our brains are just wired to do that. Yeah. Um, and so it's important to know that that's, that's natural and we're supposed and to do choice. that. 
but yes, we can, we can often say, you know what, there's nothing I can do. We have to move along and, uh, and then focus on the positive and, and do what you can to, to pick yourself up. <laughs> I'm going to try, try to take that for my, my today's focus. I, I sometimes get broad. I'm like, I'm going to always do that, but no, no. Oh, me reality. too. I'm an all or nothing for sure. <laughs> and so I'm going to try to be like, and today I'm going to do that and let's see how it goes tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. And we get stuck in this like forever talk. And I think that was something that I had to really come to terms with as, as a pregnant person. And then also as you know, in labor, nothing is forever. And mm-hmm. you have to just remind yourself, like, this is not going to last forever. And I had a, I had a yoga teacher once who says it, it's only going to last for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true about the good and things the good too. And you have to, yeah, you have to relish in that. So, mm-hmm. so is there anything surprising about your pregnancy that you were just not expecting? I was, yeah, there's two things I would say. I, I was so surprised at how much unsolicited advice you get <laughs> and the things that people say to you, both good and bad. Um, and sometimes they're well-intentioned and sometimes they're not. But I remember being in the grocery store and a woman, I was like only five months pregnant. And a woman said to me like, oh, you're only five months? Like you must be pregnant with twins. Uh, and everybody says they have a story like that. that. Yeah. But I was like, are you kidding? Like, am I that huge? Uh, and the, you know, you're not that huge. (laughs) Well, I figured out why people say that. So here's my theory is that if we look at pregnancy more from like media, you know, um, movies, TV, they have the nine-month person pregnant, but that person or the belly, because it's probably not really a full pregnant person, the belly right. is probably only a seven-month belly. So, <laughs> no, seriously. So they're not like a 40-week belly is on average 40 centimeters. You know, they measure the belly. Sure, so yeah. a full-term belly is far bigger than most people know because we only see on screen probably a seven month belly. So where you were at five months, that probably correlated in someone's mind of almost full term. I bet you. Yeah. You have to be right. Yeah. That's my theory. I'm I'm sure that's the time to people like, Oh my God, are you having twins? What's going on there? And I'm like, (laughs) no, I'm measuring totally normally. And that happens to a lot of people. So that's, that's my theory. We'll see. That's actually super helpful. And I like to, you know, just back up like and rationalize these things that people say with fact um and to know like empathetically where they're coming from is really helpful because you're like oh wait now okay now i understand why they're saying that yeah it's like when you see a newborn on a movie or tv you're like but that child's like four months old like (laughs) because newborns are are tiny but they're not totally like you can't have a seven eight pound baby on a screen you know like where exactly from so yeah exactly people's views of birth and labor and babies and pregnancy it's a little skewed which makes sense and you know you don't you're only pregnant for really 10 months but yeah you don't you forget very fast what what that's like and how big you actually were and so you know <laughs> I have my picture at the studio so i see how big i actually was <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i have i have lots of pictures too and that's the other thing like make sure somebody one of my yoga teachers had said to me like make sure you take pictures of yourself so you remember because it's such a little snapshot of your life and and it's huge, and you you should you should remember it. So and when your pictures. son's old enough, he'll look at the pictures and see like I was in there. Like my kids look at my it's pregnant amazing. belly and be like, "Who was in there?" Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's cool. It's 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 fascinating. Well, so you said you had two surprises. What was the other one besides the unsolicited advice? Was there another I missed? Oh, and the people saying rude things to oh, you. I think those things, are yes. the, the unsolicited advice was interesting, and it comes almost entirely well intentioned. Um, but family, friends, everybody's like, you should do this, you should do that, sleep while you can, you know, you're like, I'm not sleeping because I'm huge, you know, 
And it's like, it's, it's all okay. And, and again, nothing. baby forever. still comes out. <laughs> so was yeah. there anything that you did to help prepare for your birth? Said you took your yoga classes. What else was helpful for you? So I, um, I have a friend, her name is Erin and she was one of my yoga teacher training friends and she's also a birth doula. And I, I contacted her. I must've been maybe six months pregnant at the time. And, and I said, Erin, I just need some help trying to figure out this whole like childbirth ed process, this doula thing, like, tell me more about it. And she goes, you know, the reality is you don't know what you don't know. And to hire a doula is really, if you can do it, it's really helpful because they can tell you what it is you don't know. And so, um, my, uh, she, she sent along some colleagues of hers and, and I ended up interviewing several doulas and going with somebody whose personality I think was a lot different than mine. My doula, her name, her name is Danny Katz. And, um, she is so calm and relaxed and I'm like totally spastic and like <laughs> super she's energetic but in a very different way and I was like you you are the yin to my yang and 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 right away I was like she you know she's she's my person and so we did um a couple of sessions with her sort of as a private childbirth ed she came to our house um she met us in a coffee shop and just talked through every possible sort of path that your birth could look like. And that to me was super practical because I had this idea of what I wanted my birth to be. And she said, you know, but there's also options A through Z and they all are real and great and wonderful. And, and they can, they can all happen and they're all good. And so that was the biggest, and, and it was helpful for my husband because, you know, it was, I think less awkward than a <laughs> full group childbirth ed because we were like giggly and it was okay. <laughs> and, um, and my, and Danny was just fantastic and, and really like came and looked through the house and said, you know, I, I didn't end up laboring at home, but she came through the house and gave me all sorts of um, things we could do and techniques. And, and so when it came time to actually go to the hospital, we had a, a series of things we were ready to, to do um, she's like, remember, this is what we talked about. And so that was helpful to get me sort of back into my own body and out of my head about it. Yeah. It's very easy to start to roll through your head of oh, what's going on. What am I doing this right? Is that exactly. Because there's no, there's no right. But one thing I want to point on that I really like that she said is being open. Oh, wait. Hi, little guy. <laughs> this little man. Hey. He's just, you know, rolling He's just around over around. here. So <laughs> our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So it's really easy to get a vision of what you think your birth should or will look like. And oh, I totally. really liked that she honored like, yep, this is what you think, but let's be open to all these possibilities because then if we stick to this one pinpoint idea, it can really create disappointment oh, if yeah. it doesn't happen that way and fear and anxiety if things start to go a different way. So I think having as many possibilities just in the forefront that it could go this way or this way or this way, or there's all these situations 
It just makes it easier to watch the river flow instead of forcing it. Oh, exactly. And, you know, it it started, my whole labor process started off entirely differently than I had thought it was going to. Let's jump into that. How did it start? Sure. So I was, um, I I got up one morning, I was going to go to yoga. um, And I was like, I was, I was exhausted at that point. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take it easy. I slept in a little bit. I went to use the bathroom and then I went to the kitchen to make breakfast. And I was like, that's kind of weird. My pants are kind of wet. Did I just um, but pee I was myself? Like, I was like, well, I know I, I just peed. So I was like, that, that can't be it. But I was like, whatever. I kept, you know, I was like, maybe I wiped my hands on my pants, you know, from washing my hands, making breakfast. And so I, I dismissed it. And so I continued making breakfast. My husband was in the shower and I got out, he got out of the shower and got ready to leave for work. And I mean, this is only like 6 a.m. It's really early. And I said, you know, can you just look at my pants? I couldn't see my own pants because I, my belly was so big. <laughs> and I, I said, what's, what's the deal here? Like, are my pants wet? And he goes, oh, they are wet. And I was like, um, I think this might be. And my doula had said, like, you should expect a big gush if your water breaks. Sometimes and it's it a wasn't slow like trickle. that. No, sometimes it wasn't it's like a that trickle. at all. Yeah. Like every time I moved, it was like, wow, what's, what's going on over there? And so, um, so I called her and I, I felt bad. I woke her up, but she's like, nope, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> and um, I said, you know, I explained everything. And she says, you know what? I think your water broke. You should probably call into work, but um, just have a relaxing morning. Like just take a shower, do whatever you need to do. Don't worry about it. And so that's what I did. Um, and I knew that if my water had broken, I would sort of be on a clock. I was planning for a hospital birth and I knew that I'd be on the clock if I went right to the hospital. So I sort of just tried to see if contractions would happen naturally. And of course they didn't. And, and Danny had suggested I, I try acupuncture. I went for a walk. I actually walked over to the east side, went to my acupuncturist. We, we had like a really long session. And, um, and eventually the acupuncturist says, well, I've done everything I can. I think it's time to call the doctor. Oh, you hadn't, so that, told, you hadn't checked in with your care provider? I, I didn't. I was, I was not following the rules, but <laughs> um, I, you know, I felt fine. And, and so I wasn't, I wasn't really worried about it. And I just followed my gut. And um, by the time it was, it was about 1130 noonish. Um, by the time I got home from the acupuncturist, and I, was, I called my doula and I said, let's call the doctor. <laughs> and so I called the doctor and they said, oh, it, your water broke at 6 a.m. You should probably make your way to the hospital. And I said, well, I feel fine. Is it okay if I have some lunch? And they said, you really should make your way to the hospital. But of course, I mean, my husband was at work. So he came home um, and he's like, I couldn't focus at work. I was so excited. (laughs) And uh, we did end up having lunch together. We finished some laundry. I painted my nails. I curled my hair, you know, and um, finished all my nesting. (laughs) And then we we got a cab and went over to the east side um, to New York Presbyterian. Um, And... uh, I said, I remember saying to my husband, this is already so different than I expected because I thought, you know, we would labor at home and then have this sort of harried, rushed experience over to the hospital. And that's exactly not what happened. Um, And then we got to the hospital and and we (laughs) checked in and we were in the waiting room for forever. I mean, and I felt fine. I was not, I was, it turns out I was having contractions, but nothing productive. I wasn't feeling them. And, um, there were other women who were very much in labor and I said, take, you know, take them. I feel, I feel great, you know? And so they did and we ended up, they were busy and they, we ended up waiting, I think, you know, three or four hours, which I tell my friends, you should be prepared to wait 
whether or not you're in labor or whether or not you want an epidural or whatever the case, because you're going to wait. <laughs> well, that's something I tell the students all the time, like, you know, coping skills. It's not because I foresee you having a certain type of birth or I'm trying to push my agenda. It's because there's no agenda except be prepared for whatever might happen. <laughs> yeah, Because you don't exactly. show up at your first contraction and be like, you know, throw the doors open and be like, take me unless, unless, and I've had this, unless you are literally about to birth your baby, right. you're going through the waiting room and then through triage. Yep. And so, I mean, it was, it was three or four hours later, we made our way to triage and we were so excited. And then in triage, you wait too. I gave a urine sample. I remember I leaked amniotic fluid, like all the way down the hall. And I was so embarrassed. And the nurses were so great. They didn't put a pad on? They did. They did. But it was like, you know, the amniotic fluid keeps producing whether or not, (laughs) whether or not you have a pad or not. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I, again, I was so embarrassed, but we were waiting, waiting. And, um, eventually they came in, they didn't even do an internal exam because I was leaking so much amniotic fluid. They just tested it and said, yep, your water broke. (laughs) Let's admit you. Um, and again, you wait, we waited. I, I remember the room was so much more beautiful than I had anticipated. And we did a hospital visit. Um, but it was, it seemed so calm and bright and cheery and, um, eventually the doctor came in and said, you're not having productive contractions. It's time to start Pitocin. And I was, I knew that that was going to be the case because my, my, we had talked about that being an option and it wasn't exactly what I had wanted, but it was what was best for baby. And so that's what we did. And, uh, my doula came, they started the Pitocin and we waited and waited and waited. <laughs> and eventually, um, around 7 30 PM, I like felt my first real contraction. I was like, whew, that's what that is. You know, takes your breath away. Um, and so, you know, the labor continued and progressed and they kept bumping up the Pitocin and the contractions got stronger. And that's when I really started using, you know, my techniques and, and lots of deep breathing. Um, we used some essential oils. We did some massage, some counter pressure. We moved positions um, I found the most relief laboring on the toilet, um, which I knew was a, was a thing. And then I, and then I started throwing up <laughs> and, um, the best part was that the nurse and my doula both said, this is good. Um, actually throwing up is great, which nobody had ever told me. I was it, really it actually surprised. Helps push baby down yes. and it's a sign of transition. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm like, well, you may find it as a laboring woman miserable, but it's very productive. And I was, that was good because I was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm the type of person that like, you know, you throw up once and you're like out done for 24 hours. <laughs> and, um, they were like, no, no, it's good. It's good. They were sort of cheering me on. Um, and so I remember shortly after that, I came back out into the, into the room cause they wanted to be back on the monitors. And, um, I, I said, like, tell me about this epidural thing. <laughs> and they, I had asked them, I didn't, I did, I, I had planned a natural birth and um, I had asked, tell me, I don't want the epidural. And they kept, kept saying, you don't want that. You don't want that. Um, and Pitocin makes things different. I will say that, you know, there's one thing about an unmedicated birth that's physiological um, because then your body's producing the oxytocin and the way your brain perceives it and releases the endorphins. That's different than when you have Pitocin. So just for our listeners out there, yeah, um, just so there's an understanding that 
foregoing pain medication with Pitocin. And sounds like it started up, kind of jumped your whole your whole labor. Totally. Um, just so there's an understanding that. Oh yeah, I mean I wouldn't people, have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't know that. I mean, and I didn't, I I was aware that that this was the case. Um, My mom had actually, I I spent a lot of time, you know, prior to my birth talking to my mom and my mother-in-law about their births because that's, you know, what, what I had available to me. Those are my resources. And um, then my mom had had Pitocin and so had, had my husband's mom. And they said, you know, it, it really makes things super intense and super quick. Um, and for some people I learned afterwards, it's not super quick and the Pitocin goes and goes and they get crazy amounts of it and it just doesn't do anything. And so that's, it's, everybody's story is different. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, so I, you know, I had the Pitocin, I reminded myself, I didn't, didn't want the epidural. And I was really, I looked at the nurse and I said, how long does this last? And she goes, well, it was about 8 PM at that point. And, uh, she said, well, you probably have a baby by the morning. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's not that I can't do this for that long. Um, but I, I just, you know, kept breathing and took it one contraction at a time. And, um, it was shortly after that, that I said, you know what? I think I want to, I want to be in the bed. And at that point I was not, I was on the floor. Um, and I said, I want to labor in the bed. And so my mandula had a peanut ball and so I labored, labored on my side and I had that peanut ball in between my knees. It just helped keep my pelvis open. And, uh, sh- shortly after that, I said, I think, I think I need to push. And the, the, the nurse actually kind of giggled at me and she was like, Oh, <laughs> like, do you want the doctor to check you? And I said, yes, yes, I do. I say, I really think I need to push. And, uh, so the doctor eventually made her way in and, and my husband said, in hindsight, he goes, all I could think was that she was going to tell you you weren't dilated at all. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was going to be a lot longer. But uh, she checked me and I was fully dilated at that point. Um, so my labor went super quick. I mean, in Pitocin, it was it was intense. And um, so they checked me. And shortly after that, I, I pushed. It was two pushes and he was out. <laughs> Bless you Which for that. That's amazing. Crazy. Um, and even afterwards, it was like I looked at the clock and it was 10 o'clock at night. And I said, oh, well, at least we weren't here till morning. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I was thankful for that. But, man, just when you want to give up is when sort of, you know, things started to change for me. Well, that tends to be one of the signs of transition that, you know, when you hit that wall, when you're vomiting, when you're just like, I can't do it anymore. I remember having a doula client. We were at Mount Sinai. She started to put her sneakers on and she's like, I'm done. I'm done going home. It's a little, a little delirious. And I'm like, oh, can, okay. Cause you never want to, you know, be like, that's crazy talk. Like, you know, I think, yeah, oh, right, okay. right. Can, can we stay and, and see what happens and have a baby? And she just started like, she's only had one shoe on, looked at me with the most desperate look and she's like, okay. I mean, but like, but totally. like these signs of like, I hit the wall. I don't want to, I can't. Then we know like this, the 
the I call it the birth posse. That's a sign to them, like, all right, really circle the wagons and support her because she's so close. Yeah, yeah, and I and I knew that prior to giving birth, but when you're well, you're in not that in the moment, brain set, you yeah, you shouldn't, you should not be the one. And I was that, like, yeah. I'm all done. I I want this epidural. I want whatever it is. You know, what what do you have for <laughs> whatever me? magic and, dust you have? And they reminded me. me that that was something that I had said I didn't want. Um, and, uh, and, you know, thankfully it only took a couple of reminders for my sake. Um, and it's, it would, it would have been fine had I had the epidural. That's not, that's not it at all. It was just something I had wanted that I had planned and, and eventually made it through. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty remarkable. And that's, that's really amazing. So tell me about your transition into motherhood. Cause that, yeah. that's often for most people going from just kind of your own person to this shared responsibility of, of, you know, caring for this other person. Totally. Well, at first you're just so excited and, and I, everybody was like, okay, now you go, you know, go to your postpartum room and get some sleep. And it's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> first of all, they don't let you sleep because you're, you know, they're checking up on you and making sure everything's all right. Um, but also you're just so overwhelmed with excitement, with emotion, with nerves, with, you know, what adrenaline, everything. And, um, and so I couldn't, I, I was almost mad at myself. Like I was texting everybody and calling people at three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, why am I not sleeping? <laughs> and it, the reality is you just have to embrace that, you know, just be excited about it. Um, but later on, I, I really thought I would be able to do more than I was able to do. When we got home, I remember saying like, Oh, I really need to go um, to the grocery store. And my, my parents had actually surprised me. They came from Rochester and they didn't tell me or my husband that they were going to come to the hospital and surprise us. And it wasn't the plan. And I was like, I should, I should be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I'll go home and then I'll see you later on. And, um, they came in and they were such a huge help in a way that I never anticipated. Uh, because there's really not a lot you, you feel up to doing. And I, I left the apartment. I got to the lobby in my building and so this um, was I was the like, next day. This is, this is two days later. Yeah. After we got <laughs> home and I was like, I can go grocery shopping. I should be fine. And I got to the lobby and I looked at myself in the mirror and I looked at my husband. I said, do I look pale? And he's like, you look really pale. I was like, let's just step outside, get some fresh air and then go home. And he's like, okay. And my parents, you know, they let me sort of, you know, let that, excitement run its course. And then they're like, okay, now we can step in and help because <laughs> I was stubborn and I had no idea. And the reality is you just created and gave birth to a human and you need to just relax and, and as much as possible, you know, let your body heal. Yeah. That's actually, it's interesting. You said that I just finished, um, an article mainly about the new ACOG <laughs> guidelines for postpartum, but part of that article included, society's view of postpartum and some of the pressure women put on themselves. Like there's this idea that you had a baby, but you know, now everything's fine. Instead of having a baby bump, you have a stroller, but it's a massive change. Oh, huge. And we need to care for ourselves. Like you've been in postnatal. We've heard maybe like, I don't think you should be here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that's it. Like I, I thought, you know, Oh, well, jump right back to my practice. I'll just, you know, disregard anybody's <laughs> advice and <laughs> doctor's advice. What, who needs that? But it, the reality is there's a reason they say, take it easy, let your body heal. There's a lot of healing that needs to happen. And there's bleeding. Lots of bleeding. And, and your, your bleeding is a, like all over the place. Totally. And your bleeding is a good indicator. The nurse said to uh, me, you know, the more 
bleeding you have, especially postpartum, like you need to take it easy and, and it'll, it'll, you'll have an uptick in bleeding if you overexert yourself. And so that was helpful to know. It was sort of like a very tangible sign that like, you need to take it easy. Um, and, and it was great. I had, I had, my parents were here. It was the holiday time. So, um, my husband's parents came, my parents came, lots of family. Um, I have a friend, my, my best friend and my son's godmother, um, is a nurse practitioner and she came and she was like, I'm not even asking you when I can come. I'm going to come and I'm going to do everything. And, um, I was like, no, no, no. And it, the reality is you need that help and, and let people help you. People told me that ahead of time. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to need that. I was too stubborn. Um, and, and let people help and, and tell them what you need and delegate and, and just embrace the time you need to heal. Did you have any kind of mental preparation for the responsibility of being a mom? So I, my brother is seven years younger than me. This, this is going to sound silly, but um, he's seven years younger than me. And so I had this sort of idea of the things that you need to do. The, I knew how to change a diaper. I knew how to hold a baby. But, and I'm thankful for that because I realized that lots of people are thrown into motherhood or parenthood and don't know how to hold a baby and don't know how to change a diaper. And my husband was one of them and, and it takes time and it's okay. You know, let the nurse show you what to do. Let your doula help you or your family. They're, they're there for that reason. And, and so just embrace anybody's help that is there. Um, and, and ask questions, you know, I was like, I didn't know how to feed my baby, how to bathe him, you know, and, and, uh, and, and let just whoever is part of your support team, let them help. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything that you wish someone had told you? Cause this is great advice for people listening, but is there something that you're like, that you learned along the way that you're like, why didn't anyone tell me this? Okay. Yes. Um, we lived in a very small sort of converted studio, one bedroom, um, right up until, um, well until about three months before I gave birth. And I, at first I was like, Oh, we can just stay in there. And people used to say like, you can put a baby in a dresser drawer. And <laughs> I, I was like, Oh yeah. Like we'll, we'll, we'll utilize space efficiently. The thing I wish I would have known is that there is a nesting instinct before you have your baby. Um, and it's there for a reason. If you can move to a larger space, should you need it, do that beforehand, embrace the nesting, um, you know, set everything up, wash, wash everything, do what you can do what you feel the urge to do, because that's all, you know, done for you then when you come home and it's ready. And, um, I, I wish I would have known, I, I mean, I figured it out, but people who said like, oh, of course you don't need a lot of space for a baby. They don't take up a lot of space. They do. Their stuff takes up a lot of space. And, um, if you can have that space or find that space or make that space as part of your nesting instinct, do it because, um, that was something that I was, again, too stubborn to listen to other people's advice. And, um, and I do wish I would have known, um, I ended up following that instinct, but most of the time, and somebody did say to me, trust your instincts, no matter what your mom instincts are, are a thing and they're real. Um, and so whatever they are, even if it's different than something somebody else does, uh, trust those and follow those because they're, you know, they're, like I said, they're there for a reason. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I have someone come into class and I'm like, how are you? She's like, you know, seven, eight months. Oh, we just moved last week. You know, like that comes up all totally, the time. Totally. And I was, you know, I, I do sort of wish I would have let myself rest a little before I gave birth. But at the same time, 
um, to, to do that nesting ahead of time is good because then you can rest in your fourth trimester. <laughs> is there resting in your fourth trimester? <laughs> no, no, but, um, but then you're not, you're not nesting in your fourth yes, trimester. Yes, I hear what you're saying yeah. about that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about community because that's a huge part sure. of prenatal yoga center, as well as the reason that we put birth stories on, on the podcast. So how did you find your community during uh, and after pregnancy? So, um, for me, my yoga was, was my community. They've been my peeps for a long time. And, and, and the nice thing about my sort of yoga community is that it, it grows and changes with the way that I grow and change. So I, you know, I went back to old studios. I found new studios. The prenatal yoga center is such a huge resource pre and postnatal. Um, and, and then, you know, you meet other moms there and, um, have you made some mom friends? I have, I have. And there's like, you know, any familiar faces you see, it's just like they, they can check in with you or make you feel just sane and normal um, in a way that sort of sometimes friends without children or, or friends who have older children can't, can't do. Um, and so, yeah, friends and family are huge, but also like other moms are really huge. And you don't need to like go out in, in this intentional search of mom friends. They'll happen naturally as long as you surround yourself, you know, in, in good spaces uh, like the prenatal yoga yes, center. I, know, I, mean. <laughs> I noticed the other day you and Jada were chatting and your boys were kind of hanging out. You know, it totally. just comes and you up. Can, yeah, and you can ask questions of those people. I mean, um, Jada is a, is a third-time mom. She's a third-time mom. mom. She's, yeah. she's, got it, she's got it covered. Yeah, I would go totally. to her And so, you know, you can ask questions. But she's also going through this again, you know, as a, as a new mom again. Um, and so that's that community is, is invaluable. And I didn't, I don't think I realized that before I was pregnant either. Um, people have, who I, my, one of my yoga teachers that I was seeing, you know, when I was pregnant, um, had just had a baby too and, and gave me all sorts of just little nuggets of advice that's, that stick with you and ways to care for diastasis and ways to help prevent diastasis and just little things that I guess, you know, articles or Instagram don't, aren't there to help with. (laughs) I actually, I think Instagram, I think social media and Instagram, um, are one of the most harmful things for pregnancy and postpartum. Um, I see so many, I put in quotes, like advanced yogis doing poses that you know me, I'm, I am pretty outspoken, ridiculous poses that are going to cause diastasis are going to cause pelvic floor problems, but are celebrated for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And, and that social media is showing motherhood is like shiny and bright and happy all the time. And, and it's I just think not, it, that's just not reality. And yeah, so to d- and it makes detach from that, <laughs> and there's no replacement for real life humans experiencing what you're experiencing. <laughs> Absolutely. And some of my closest friends I met um, right in that early postpartum time. Absolutely. And, and at the same time, it's important to not get caught up in this, like, I need to make friends because I remember there was a day I went out and I was like, today I'm going to make some new mom friends. And, uh, and it didn't work out like that because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, it just, it was just bizarre to think that that's what you had to do. Right. Um, you just go, you know, go to places that feel right and, and the, the moms will come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So did you have any moment, any challenging moments either during pregnancy or motherhood that kind of stick out in your mind that you want to share? Um, challenging moments. I mean, there's lots of challenging moments and I try to, you know, like in hindsight, <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, you, you have to just sort of let those float away and, and not, not stick on them. I think 
something that I, I would say social media makes seem is all rainbows and butterflies and really isn't is, is breastfeeding. Um, and, and I've had a positive experience breastfeeding. I'm still breastfeeding, but, um, I know people who haven't and, and that's the, there's a lot of mom guilt out there and the reality is fed is best. And so to, to, to do what's right for you and your family can look a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And so that, whether that's with your birth experience, with, uh, you know, your first transition to motherhood, with feeding, with milestones that your baby may or may not hit or reach at, at given times to, to step away from the should, 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 and to just do what's right. You know, what, what your instincts say is right is, is the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, I would say I, different people's challenges are going to look a lot of different ways and, um, it's important to, to embrace them and know that they're not going to last forever and then to move along. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. In hindsight, is there anything you look back and you're like, Hmm, I could have done that differently or I, I kind of wish that was a little different. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, I think that the pressure to, to turn back to your very old self very quickly is really strong. Uh, and, and, and also to, to follow this path that you may have created in your mind. Um, like I said, everything's going to be different than, than what you think it's going to be. Um, so I guess it's not, there's nothing specific that I would have changed, but, um, to, to not sort of grasp so heavily, uh, um, at these, these things that we make up in our minds is, is the, the biggest thing. Um, don't, you know, don't grip, don't grasp and just, um, and, and embrace it. It's, it's sometimes hard to, to hear that, but it, I think it's, I, I think it's important and it's agree. important to, to remind yourself of that too. Yeah. I think, again, we kind of build up, this is what it's going to look like and why isn't it? And then you get disappointed and, and especially the jumping back to your old self, I think. Yeah. Like I, that's I really, we know. that's what we know. Like, that's what we know. Exactly. Like, well, yeah. What right. is this and, new and, territory? it's all new and you're, 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 you know, you're moving ahead on this journey, um, that is motherhood and feeding and, and it's baby unknown. life and it's totally unknown and it can be scary. And, and I think that if you, if you have your community, if you think, you know, I like to process things verbally. So I have people that I know I can turn to and call upon. Um, I would say my husband being one of them, um, or my biggest one and my mom, um, who I talk to every day, just to say like, you know, this is normal. This is okay. Um, or, you know, that's, that's odd. Why don't you call upon an expert to, to sort of help you decipher what's, what's good and bad and, and, you know, healthy. <laughs> so I'm so that's, glad you have that community because a lot of, a lot of people don't. And for those that don't, I really hope they, uh, there's possibilities to find that either, you know, there's new mom support groups around, there's breastfeeding support groups, totally. there's the Leche League, you know, so there's, there's a lot because it can be really overwhelming if you don't have the people to bounce those ideas off of. And I will say that it sometimes seems that those communities come naturally, but they do take work to cultivate. Um, it's like planting little seeds and watching your, your thing, your seeds grow. Um, you need to, to, to work at that community thing. Um, people, people seem to think that community just happens naturally and it doesn't, um, you, you know, you, you need to put yourself out there and go to, go to things, go to new mom support groups, 
Um, come to the prenatal yoga center. Thing. I met my closest friends in the beginning from specifically a new mom support group. Absolutely. And I think to, to have a space where you can just know that what you're experiencing is normal and that other people do experience those things too is huge. Um, I, I just, I can think of um, a situation we were at baby and me a few weeks ago and, and the mother mentioned that she was experiencing her first plug duct. And all of a sudden, like 15 people were like, I had that. I experienced that. You should try this, do that. And it's like, all she did was put herself out there and, and all these people were then there to support her. And, you know, I, and it's helpful for the people who haven't experienced that to know like, Oh, okay. She's experiencing this. So if I ever, if I ever do or know someone who is experiencing it, I know what to do or who to turn to. Um, so, so just having those resources lined up for you is important. Yeah. I think that I try to tell people that ahead of time. So while you're in your nesting phase is for our our outside community, you know, look these things up. Where is there breastfeeding support? Where is there a new mom? Where is there postpartum depression support? So that if you're in the midst of chaos and anxiety or panic, you don't have to search. That's right there. If you just need to get out the door and see someone, Oh, there's a baby in me class at one o'clock. I'm going to go there and just put yourself out there. Absolutely. Or think of, um, think of friends who've done this and ask them, they, they are, uh, you know, uh, they've got resources too. And so it's, it's all like that six degrees of separation thing. You're going to know somebody who knows somebody. That and, Kevin uh, Bacon. <laughs> pardon me? That knows Kevin Bacon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, that's how I found that's how I came even to the doula world where I grew up, you know, people didn't have doulas. That was just not a thing. And, um, I, I knew somebody who knew somebody and that's, that's how, that's how it worked. Well, as we start to wrap things up, do you have any advice or wisdom to offer a new parent as they approach this transition that we haven't had a chance to chat about? I think just to remember that nothing lasts forever, whether good or bad, um, embrace as much as you can. And, and know that what you're experiencing is normal and somebody else has experienced it too. Um, and, and find those people and find those people who will help you through whatever it is you need, good or bad. And you want people who can celebrate with you too. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. I'm so glad that I had a chance to chat with you further because I always, you're always just so open and giving on the mat. And I'm like, let's get to know her better. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this was, this was so much fun. And and if, and if anybody's listening and needs some uh, support or, uh, you know, somebody to talk to, I'm here. Um, <laughs> my son is here, you know, if you need snuggles or kisses, <laughs> we're around. Um, so, so please don't hesitate to come up, you know, put yourself out there, come up to us, um, come to the prenatal yoga center. You're um, there all the time. <laughs> we're there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's our home away from home. Um, so, and your little yeah. one really is. So what's so nice is like, I remember when you started coming, he's so comfortable there. He's like, oh, oh yeah, we walk, we walk in. He's like, this is my space. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bridget's son's like that too. I call him the mayor. Totally, <laughs> totally. I mean, and like, I remember hey, when we first came, I was like, how do we get to be like that? And you just you're come, just way. come and, and chat. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. And I think you're off to class pretty soon. We are. Yes. Thank you so much, Deb. And have a good rest of your day. Enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.